Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's. I'm here with my main man, Dr. David Wardy. How are you? I'm great, brother. How are you, man? Great. So great. Uh, so much change going on in our lives. We were just talking about all the disruption in the world and how how we pivot and change and become more adaptable and flexible with our mindset and our, our reality, right? We, we have to learn how to shift through things. Well, it's interesting. This is constant, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like... Uh... You know, the fall, as we slip into this time of year, there's a lot of adaption being need, uh, being needed, I would say. You kind of see people moving through a little bit more uphill battles uh, during the year, this time of year. And it's interesting to watch how it plays out and how we all feel and adjust to these changes. But um, yeah, man, it, it's super, super, uh, super important that we have some awareness to where we're at. And then we have something in our tool bag to deal with these things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I think that you and I try to vibrate in our family is uh, that state of steadiness. Because I know, you know, whenever you talked about change of seasons, there's a lot of flux going on, like transitioning and weather. Uh, maybe it's more extreme for us here in Canada versus you. But I did see some snow in your backyard last year. So I know that it does get cold there. It happens um, sometimes. It happens sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But, you know, so you and I were talking about just the importance of, of men's health and having a conversation around some of these topics. And I think just, you know, as the Dr. Dad's podcast hopefully embodies is that superhero, that superpower that, that we as men try to uphold and strengthen and, and be there for women. And, and that's that steadiness, that, that eye of the storm inside of the storm and the chaos of life that can happen. How do we as men uh, really hold that container for our family and, and, and be that uh, stability? And if we're not taking care of our health, man, we're causing disruption in our family and creating more chaos in a chaotic world. Well, more often than not, man, you kind of see... And I'm not going to say this is just men. I'm, I'm sure there's women that fall into this, but a lot of times it's, it's kind of that awareness is it comes kind of when it's either almost too late or when things are like really far gone already before a lot of us will wake up to like, okay, I need to take better care of myself because I want to be around for my kids or I want to be around for my grandkids or whatever it may be. Right. But it's interesting how you see that story a lot play out of like, it's, it's scary. Like we've talked about, like, for example, a heart attack, the first symptom of, of that could be a heart attack, right? Yeah. And you can die from heart disease. And the first symptom is a heart attack. But then it's like, oh, well, too late. You waited too long to address your health with these things. So I hate when I hear these stories play out, but it's, all, it's, all, it's also one of those things where I'm happy to be able to be there for people that want help. And that are like, hey, I need help. This is where I'm at. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, help guide me, show me the way. And like you're saying, as as the male figures in our families, we're guiding you know our families all the time. But to do that, we have to have our health. That's mm-hmm. that's our, our number one asset. Yeah, I mean, you brought up a really you know painful and important point, and that is just 
you know, in, in our family or extended family and uh, on Sonia's side, anyways, there's been an, a few people young, like in their forties that have died of heart attack. And, you know, I mean that we're, we're two years past, you know, when this particular cousin, I, when I'm thinking of Sonia's cousin um, that passed away. And I mean, it just, it's mind blowing. Cause you know, I guess when we're younger, we think someone in their forties, well, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of getting a little older, but you know, now that we're here, we're like, man, I got a lot of juice left in this tank. And to think of um, an event like that happening for someone at this age is actually, you know, pretty hard to believe now. I mean, especially with like, you know, the advancements and understanding of nutrition and uh, even obviously in conventional uh, medicine and early treatments and, you know, investigation and, you know, keeping an eye on your blood work and all those things can be good preventative strategies. And, and yet there's many that are out there that don't realize there's a little storm brewing inside their cardiovascular system. Uh, so that's definitely an important one. It hits home, I think, for so many people, people dying too quickly uh, because they're, they're not addressing these underlying reasons for why heart disease happens to be, you know, in the first place. So David, what, let, could you list off, like, you know, I think we looked on, on uh, WebMD, what are the top five issues that, that men can, uh, can face with their health? So there are some variations, but we looked at a bunch of different sites. And basically the gist was number one is heart disease, uh, two, stroke, suicide is three, prostate cancer, four, and then lung cancer or lung problems is number five. So respiratory diseases. Um, you know, it's crazy, man, when you kind of look at that list. I mean, I think most males are aware now and we have some awareness that prostate's a big one, right? So, um, you know, I had a patient practice member just a couple months ago, uh, didn't show really any, anything crazy with his PSA, but he ended up going in, he wanted to run a biopsy because it was slightly elevated, but not, not too bad. And he ended up finding cancer like really early. Right. So, Hmm. You know, it was something where unexpected for him, like I said, it was just this random spike in his PSA, not high enough to have necessarily any concern. Some docs may not have even ordered a biopsy, but he's one of those guys that's very health forward and like doing labs and like getting ahead of the curve. And he, and they did it and they found it and he's going to get it treated now. And, you know, he, he was a, right away looks at me cause I'm about to turn 40. I think he's in his mid fifties and he's like, dude, get your PSA checked like every year. He's like Mm -hmm. early detection, huge. And you know, it's funny when he says that you kind of sit there and you're like, Oh, not me at first. Right. But then you realize like, Oh shit, like that could be me too. This guy's a really healthy guy. I mean, he takes really good care of himself. So very, very unexpected, but, but very important, right? Like there's a lesson there of we're not bulletproof as healthy as you think you are. I mean, these things happen and, you know, I think part of your responsibility when it comes to your health is just really being ahead sometimes of doing the right tests every year uh, and making sure that you're just, you know, looking at certain things and monitoring them to make sure that you're good. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like there, there's sort of this male generalization that, you know, we don't address something until it's broken. But I, I do feel like there's a a change in that consciousness. Cause I, I mean, we, we see a fair amount of men in our practice, um, you know, more so over the years uh, as you know, compared to when we first started. So I know that there, there does seem to be this collective, you know, increase in, in awareness around health and, and making it more of a priority, but 
you know, it's, it's stuff like that when we think of our families and, you know, wanting to be around there for, you know, for our grandkids and, you know, hopefully uh, great grandkids as well. Um, you really start thinking of the long game when it comes to our health, right. As opposed to oh, I'm fine, you know, that sort of hedonistic, you know, approach to, to life. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I, I always think of the mindset, you know, prepare for the worst, but expect the best. And so part of preparing for the worst is to know yourself. How do you know yourself more, more clearly? Well, you do your blood work, you know, you have a mentor or a coach or a doctor that, that you can work with to help you assess and read labs and, and understand what's going on with your physiology. So you can be a little bit more proactive and prepared. But you brought up an interesting point. I mean, we run PSAs a lot. We do a lot of hormone testing in our clinic and, um, and I, and I know a lot of doctors don't like PSA and I can't say that it's, you know, the diagnostic tool, but I tell you what, it's, it's rare if as, it's so rare that I've never seen anyone with a normal PSA have any sort of prostate issues, you know, as far as like something out of nowhere sort of, sort of creeped up on somebody. It's, it's always been these elevated PSAs um, in regards to the prostate that have, you know, you know, it's either, yes, there's a problem or no, there's not a problem. Maybe it's just BPH, benign prostate hypertrophy, which isn't necessarily cancerous, right? It's not, it's more like the, the people may have symptoms of like difficulty with urination or some other signs of waking up too often at nighttime, but um, it's not the only marker, but it's definitely one that I think, yeah, it should be used in men, you know, after the age of 40, um, there, there can be some signs that, that show up early. So that, that's, that's a big one. Um, and then when we, when we, since you brought prostate, when we kind of break that one down a little bit, like what's actually happening there? Yeah. Um, you know, do you want to, do you want to start us off? No, I'll let you go on that one, man. Okay. So w- what are the like typical things that, that could happen with prostate? I mean, the biggest one is, is BPH. And so BPH benign prostate hypertrophy is basically a swelling of the prostate gland. And, and this, the prostate gland basically sits around the ureter, the, basically the channel that leads from the kidneys out to the, the head of the penis, which is, which is basically where you urinate. And so when, when it's inflamed and aggravated, um, there's difficulty with flow, you know, maybe you're not fully voiding. Maybe there can be an uncomfortable pressure when sitting. Um, and often it's people waking up in the middle of the night, having to have multiple urination. Um, <clears throat> now, typically it's, it's, it, it is, it's in the name. It's benign. It's not, something that, um, you know, is going to absolutely end up as a, a cancerous lesion in the body. However, any chronic ongoing inflammatory event in the body can go through different stages of differentiation in the tissue. It can become more problematic, it can become more localized, and it can become more cancerous. I mean, that's just a progression of any illness is going through different, you know, tissue changes and stages of increasing inflammation. So, it's, a, it's a, an important point to address. So if this is going on, like what, what are some things that you would say that, that would be action steps for people to implement? Well, for sure, if you're noticing, I mean, just for annual checkups, you talked about PSA, they do digital rectal exams, right? Uh, so those need to be done probably annually. And then if you're starting to notice like issues, let's say you've had these tests done, uh, you're seeing like Nick saying, maybe it's affecting urination or you're having things like that. But there's a lot of supplements out there that help really well when people have issues with flow or they're going too often. You know, um, I've had patients over the years that 
it's been a big problem. They're on certain medications, not working out really well for them. And then I put them on a supplement that targets the prostate and their flow gets a lot better and they don't urinate like every 10, 20 minutes and they see a big improvement. So you don't necessarily need to be on medication for something like this, but I think you need to support that gland, that gland that's under stress or that, you know, that there's a tip, uh, potential issue there, whether it's benign or whatever, and just make sure you're supporting it. And, you know, it goes beyond just taking a supplement. I mean, there's a lot of other things that need to play into this, but I mean, if we're targeting that, we need to, to be gland specific and working on that. Yeah, absolutely. And so if we, if you kind of like looked at the physiological mechanism, like why, why is there inflammation in the prostate? So some things that we counsel our, our uh, clinic members on is, one is we want to we want to know your underlying story. Like, what are some factors that have led to chronic inflammation? You know, uh, when we think of depositing toxins in different uh, glands and organs and tissues of the body, that that would be one of the first places we'd look. You know, we'd want to see someone's heavy metal toxicity. Um, often, there's lingering, you know, microbes and things like that that are whether it be yeast or parasites or viral things or bacteria that are, you know, building up in the body. And, and often there's a correlation between these microbes and, you know, expressing illness in certain parts of the, the body. And so doing some version of, you know, investigation is absolutely important. Another common ratio that we see out of balance is the testosterone estrogen ratios. It's always been thought that testosterone is driving prostate disease. And so a lot of the the treatments around uh, helping to, to control BPH or, or prostate cancer is to actually eliminate testosterone from the body. And these poor individuals feel, you know, emasculated because the, the hormones are so depleted. They're, you know, they're emotionally not themselves. They lose a lot of their obviously libido and vitality and all those things that make us, you know, feel more masculine, those things are stripped away in this sort of understanding that testosterone drives prostate cancer. The crazy thing is there's really no studies to actually support that or prove that. Um, But yes, you know, testosterone essentially converts into something called dihydrotestosterone, which is your more, more potent form of testosterone. But there's two different forms of this dihydrotestosterone. There's alpha and beta. And so it's the alpha uh, version of this that tends to be more prob- problematic from an inflammatory event versus the beta. And a lot of the supplements that David was referring to are targeting this increased conversion into this, its beta form. And so there's tests like um, Dutch tests that, that show the breakdown of metabolites of testosterone, shows your ratio of estrogen to tes- testosterone. Because what we're finding is that when we've got this buildup of alpha DHT and this overwhelm of these toxic estrogens, that can be definitely a hormonal recipe for disaster when it comes to the prostate gland. And so, you know, maybe you have success with the prostate formula, like a nutraceutical, and maybe you don't, but if you don't know what your hormones are doing, if you don't know what toxicity is lying in the body, if you don't know what underlying microbial imbalances or infections could be going on, even inside the tissue itself of the prostate gland, we're, we're kind of just managing symptoms, right? And that's sort of, I mean, that's a message for any illness in the body, but it's, I think it's a really important one for a lot of men to look at. And, and on the note of microbes, just one last point here is that we do see a lot of men that have prostate issues that also have this concomitant ongoing fungal imbalance in the body. So uh, no doubt there's, um, there's, you know, there's a role that each of these, you know, events are playing in the body. Well, I'm glad you talked about like the upstream stuff, right? Because 
you gotta kind of work your way like Nick's saying. I mean, we know we have a problem, but it it started from somewhere. It came from something else. And if you're not going upstream and like Nick's saying, looking for these other things, you're really not really addressing it, like you're saying. And I'm glad you said that because, I mean, yeah, you can take these supports like I was talking, but there's a lot of other things that are going to play into the, the overall reason why you're struggling and having that problem. And so, yeah, those are some good things, man, that you mentioned. Now, I know you have a really unique way of looking for obstacles. And I know you've talked about it on previous podcasts, but you, you can't talk about, you know, the energetic aspect of the body. Uh, you know, that's the synonymous with healing. And so, like, what are some other things that you uniquely would look at when someone has, say, blockages or inflammation in specific tissues? Well, you know, it's interesting. This is something that one of my mentors who taught me a lot of this work he says, you know, the brain, the brain always knows the reason, right? I mean, we, he was saying something the other day. There's a saying where he says, structure affects function. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've heard that saying, right? 100%, yeah. But when you really think about that, it's absolutely incorrect. Function affects structure. Mm. Because how is the structure of the body maintained? How do we have integrity? How do we have all these things work? It's through a fully functioning nervous system. So, the, I mean, he, you know, the, the conversation that he was getting into and the point he was making, he was talking about evidence-based care and about how the fact that even when they use that word and they're using all these different diagnostic tools to figure out what's going on, they're not even far enough upstream to find the why yet. They still mm-hmm. haven't found the why this is being a problem. They're really addressing something downstream and just really managing the problem most of the time. I hope you're following me. With, with yeah, yeah. Can you can you give some examples of function determining structure? Because I think that that's that's a really important shift of awareness when we're talking about these topics. Yeah, it's interesting because so, if any docs are listening to this, you, you've heard that saying. I heard that saying when I was in school. You know, structure affects function. But you know, I was talking about this uh, this past week when I talked about coherence and the subsystems that give us structural integrity. Right. So you have your nervous system, you have the fascia, you have the active system, which is the muscles and tendons. Uh, You have mental emotions, right? Our mental emotional health. Um, You have the neural component, which is the spinal cord. These are all neurologic. These are all communication-based. So if these aren't sending the right information downstream energetically, if you're not moving energy properly because you don't have coherence, of your of the master system that that brings all these things together, then your structure will not have any integrity, or there's going to be kinks in your armor, right? And the structure is affected. So structure doesn't affect function. It's that's not that it's the other way around. Because and you really think about that saying, it's completely the other way around. Because energy is what influences everything. So you look back at just something as simple as acupuncture. I mean, this is an ancient medicine. It's been around forever. Well, what, what is it, what is it uh, rooted in? Well, it's rooted in this idea that when energy cannot move properly through the body, it creates disease. It creates abnormal functioning, right? It creates a lack of, right? Yeah. So you can't really say that structure affects function. Because it. it all it all comes down to energy and if that energy is moving or not, period. You know, as you're speaking, I couldn't help but think of uh, Mantak Chia 
uh, he's a qigong master you know everything that he teaches about cultivating this this energetic flow in the body and you know you mentioned you know acupuncture it could be ayurvedic medicine so many of these systems of you know of our past aren't so microscopic in their thinking that that this this uh, this molecule does this in the body or this cell does this in the body it's really looking at you know system a systems approach looking at how all of these things are coordinating together and uh, a lot of Montauk Chia's teachings are like how to develop the capacity to move energy in your body and increase flow and you know when you think of like you know the the quintessential sort of man with prostate cancer what what is he typically you know, this isn't always the case, obviously, it's a generalization, but there's probably some level of insulin resistance going on. There's probably some diminished activity, you know, level, uh, there's, you know, maybe some unhealed emotional trauma, some, um, you know, maybe there's uh, some unhealed sexual trauma, even, you know, there's toxicity, uh, for sure, toxicity, yeah, there's right. maybe history of smoking or like addiction, there there's often these, these unhealed parts of us. And like, when we break all that, like those things away, really it's, it's stagnant energy. It's energy not flowing through the body as a result of all of these things together. Um, and I know like, you know, in our, there's a, there's this consciousness within men, I think even as we grew up uh, to not really have healed our, our sexuality. I think there's been this sort of uh, idea of being more of the dominant figure maybe in a relationship or like I can have this because I'm a man or this kind of thing where there is sort of an abuse of power I think that's that's happened and even energetically speaking that's that's also there so those unhealed versions of our little younger selves not expressing you know in a in a coherent kind of way to bring up some of your language from the last uh so one of the previous podcasts uh, but that's an important piece and it hits, you know, on that emotional level, that energetic neuro neurological level, that spiritual level of a deeper connection to something greater and some forgiveness for ourselves for maybe our behavior in the past of really not, you know, addressing these things that were absolutely toxic in our emotional, you know, our, uh, our emotional expression of who we are. Uh, and that lingers as just trauma for, you know, an impact of how we treated other people, how we, treat ourselves, you know, and so on and so forth. So you brought up some really important points. Well, I love that you, you brought it to this, this spiritual piece because some of these impacts and these experiences that we have in life that we don't recover from, these are affecting the soul of who we are. And that's, that's the energy of who you are. And the more, you know, traumas we have and things in our life that we can't move through, that we carry with us through life is what is affecting and stagnating this energy like we talk. You know, I was just telling you before we got on, I read a thing on Rob, Rob Morgan's website where he talks about, you know, many of the things that we feel that we are aware of as far as physical ailments or whatever is happening with us. It's kind of like, uh, you know, he says it's, it's, the, it's the flower of the weed in, your, in your, your bouquet of flowers. You have a bouquet of flowers and there's weeds in, the, in this bouquet, but you're only really aware of where this weed is blooming, where the flowers off the weed are. But the root is something completely different, but the root is connected into the soul. And that's kind of what we're speaking to when I'm moving into this whole, like, if you're really getting upstream to the real cause of a lot of these problems, we're not usually aware of what that is. Yeah. 
So like someone with a prostate problem, this could be something from like, maybe he was molested when he was a kid and he carried that with him his whole life and he never healed from that trauma. And that over time has created like your things. It's added to the toxicity in the system and all these other things because the system couldn't run itself properly. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of our listeners are listening to like what, whatever, but you have to understand. Uh, maybe not. Like, I think our listeners. Well, some, but I, there's <laughs> got to be yeah. a couple that are going to hear this and be like, this guy's so full of shit. But the reality is, I mean, really think about this, everybody. We're trying to take you upstream to the, like the very tip of the very tip, 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 tip of the root of explaining like your thinking has to go to the root versus what you think you're aware of or what you're experiencing. It's beyond the physical. You know, we can get in all these conversations of quantum physics and we've had some of those with energy and stuff. But the reality is like the reason I love all this ancient medicine, the reason it's been around so long is because they took what we're talking about and they took it to the root and said, this is why we get sick. So this is what you address. And it's not to say you don't address these other things, right? You still have to do all these other things, but you're not going to get where you need to get in your healing sometimes unless you get that far upstream. I mean, Brother, I went on a retreat with you like three years ago. And what are we doing all week? We're working on the soul. Mm -hmm. And you come out of these things, different people, because you work on things that are literally rooted in the soul and it affects how you feel and and how energy moves and how you live your life. So it's no different whether it's like what I'm talking about or you're going to a retreat to do this or, you know, whatever you're doing. But it's it's almost like there's there's a need for more soul healing in this day and age. And I would say that to a lot of the men that are listening to that and get out of this whole machismo mindset of like, oh, uh, like Nick was saying, I'm going to go to the doctor when shit's breaking or, you know, you're going to do maybe some prevention and get labs, but it's got to go beyond that. Like where you're at in your life with your overall healing of how you've made it through life and things that you need to maybe address that you've carried with you. Because that's where the juice is. That's where the healing's gonna. That's where you're gonna get it. But you gotta be willing to walk through that door, and really, and really, uh, really approach those things head on, and, and be okay with that. Love it, man. I mean, you know, when you think of like, you know, if we, we took that sort of energetic lens and, and put it on top of those those core conditions. There's five rates: right? so heart disease, suicide, stroke. Um, prostate cancer and then lung cancer you know what four of those yeah it's exactly what we're talking about like the root of this shit is just stress and if you haven't dealt with your shit you're probably going to develop heart disease because that's like chronic stress in your system right i mean i don't know where you're going with that but i'm laughing as you're saying that because it's so true like these are all like really just long-term chronic stress conditions many of these can be avoidable if you're living the type of life that we're talking about and you're healing the body where it needs the healing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I think it's just an interesting correlation. You know, if you look at the, the energetics of the heart, yes, there can still be toxicity. Yes. There can be like poor diets. There could be a history of smoking and all that stuff. You know, that that's all, you know, like, as, as you mentioned before, that's like the flowers of the, on the weeds. Like those are definitely challenges that your body needs to overcome. There's no doubt about that. However, you know, the, the stuff that we're speaking to, the heart, that's that center of like, um, you know, true joy and true happiness, true fulfillment, you know, sits in the heart. Uh, a stroke can be anywhere in the body, but let's say it's in the brain. That's your connection to something greater. 
Um, the lungs are, are a place of unhealed trauma and grief, right? Where we haven't really processed that emotion of grieving, of loss, of maybe even disconnection from, you know, yourself as a young one. Uh, we talked about the prostate, prostate energetically. That's your root connection. That's your connection to Mother Earth, the, the divine feminine, you know, uh, an unhealed masculine aspect uh, or a lack of feeling connection to tribe and, and true connection to a community. That's all that prostate stuff. So, uh, and then suicide. I mean, that's just a massive misrepresentation of, um, I mean, it's, I'm not going to simplify this. Obviously, there's so many different you know, reasons for why it's happening, but it, essentially it's, it's not recognizing that greater you, that, that capacity for who you really are. And, you know, at the end of the day, all of these things are sort of unplugging ourselves from that, from that flow of energy, that flow of vitality and that flow of what makes us realize that there's so much more to this life than, you know, this physical substance that we're, you know, moving through. Um, I don't know why this, on the driving this morning, I just felt like it was really important to talk at some point today, just uh, around this body, this physical body is like a vehicle and we really are maintaining it so that we can drive a really amazing car for as long as we can. Um, but it's that, what gives that engine in that car life? That's, that's the soul. That's the spark of who you really are. And so, you know, that this physical vehicle that, just, that definitely is, <clears throat> you know, mortal and it has a, it has a timeline to it, um, can definitely be optimized and, you know, upgraded and whatnot, but, but that, that, that piece, that essence of who we really are and what makes us click and connect to others. And, uh, that would maybe drive us down a path that's going to lead to a pretty, you know, challenging outcome or negative outcome, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, that's, that's up to us and our ability to connect to that piece. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny because when you and I started this conversation, we were kind of like, well, let's talk about some of the men's health stuff. You know, let's talk about some of the things that many men might be facing and like how to be more vital and strong in that family unit. So, you know, your wife doesn't have to worry about you. Your kids don't have to worry about you. But really, like this is the the crux of the matter is like, are we willing to do the work to get into, you know, divine connection with who we actually are? Like, do we are we willing to do the work to know ourselves more deeply? Uh, and if so, like that willingness really opens some amazing doors for us. Well, it's kind of like that's the that's the root, right? And when you have that and you're working on that and we're doing good on that, it's easier to address these other things because these things are just part of the picture. But it's funny, like you said, we drift that way, I think, because I think you and me have this understanding of like that's where the healing has to take place, really to, to make sure that the, any of these top five elements don't become you as you're as you're going through life. You know, I'm even looking as we're talking at liver disease is another one, right? Yeah. And alcohol. I mean, how many guys drink to deal with stress? I don't know. Or, or to feel connection. Yeah, or or that. I mean, that's that's their like that's their poison. That's the poison they pick to like find that connection in life or deal with stress. And like there's so many better things you can do, right? Than drink alcohol to find but that. I tell you what, man, like that was the easiest way to connect with friends when I was younger. And I know, I mean, I, we see a lot of clinic members that are still doing that behavior well into their forties and beyond. It's, it's where we can have an excuse to hang out with other dudes and just to feel like you're, you're connected. It's like that alcohol becomes a gateway to find connection. And so, you know, it works until it doesn't, as, as our dear friend, Tommy says, you know, yeah. I'm sure others have said that too, but the point being is that what are you, what are you actually looking for? 
you know, what do you actually want? And is your friend circle actually serving you? Like, or is there, is there people in your life that, you know, you need to spend more time with to, to allow for that connection to happen, to allow for that deepening of yourself or that, that inquiry investigation into who you really are. And that's, that's an opportunity for all of us, right? Not just men. Well, I think that's a tough pill to swallow for some guys, right? Because they're probably thinking like, oh shit, that's the only time I do find connection is when I go out and drink with my buddies or whatever. But like, if you're finding that that's you and you don't have those times in your life where you don't need alcohol to do that, I think it's time for some change, right? Absolutely, brother. Well, my man, uh, I mean, we, we hit on some, I think, really important points today. There's obviously more of this dialogue that keeps unfolding as time goes on. Um, any, any home play that you, you want to recommend for people to, to do on the, after this one? You know, I challenge, let's just keep it simple for you guys. If you don't get an annual exam, if you're not getting an annual, you know, blood panel, looking at your overall health, you know, if you're 40, I would tell you, like, you need to be getting a prostate exam. You need to be getting a PSA done. Like some of these tests are just essential. It's not really one of these things where you say, oh, I'll just do it every, every once in a while if I feel something. Like we said earlier, like your first symptom could be a heart attack and it's too late. So make it a goal for yourself once a year to have a big examination and look at a large part of aspects of your health and then maybe change it up with the types of labs that you run over the year just to look at different aspects. But if you have this this thinking forward and getting ahead of the curve type mentality, it could save your life. And I think that's the big uh, thing that we just need to hit home is, is early detection and just staying ahead of these things can number one, make you feel better because you address problems in real time if you already start to have them, but you could also catch something pretty big and save your life one day. It's an amazing action step. And then we do that too. I mean, I, I've just recently ran a, a big, full NutriVal micronutrient panel and it found out some stuff, some blind spots that I had that I'm, that I'm actively correcting as well. So it's, I mean, we're not perfect. We're right there with all of you, you know, gents and ladies and every, everything in between, you know, we're there looking at our own stuff as well. So I, I think it's an important message. Love it, brother. So we got, hey, we got some awesome guests coming up over the next few weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll call out again, you know, thank you so much for all of you guys who tune in and share the episodes and comment. It, it really helps us grow our channel and get these messages out to more people. So keep doing the good work that you're doing. And uh, David, till, till next time. On the next one, brother. Love you, man. Love you too. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.